You're listening to the Fubba Lead Podcast. With Timothy Martin and Connor Bunn. All right, all right, all right. As Matthew McConaughey would say, we're back for another episode of the Fubba Lead Podcast. Episode 10, a milestone episode. I'm Connor Bunn along with my co-host, Timothy Martin. Timothy, a milestone episode. Oh, I mean, this is... Uh can I just say I'm so proud of this episode, but we haven't even done it yet. Haven't even. And done I'm it. so proud of this. This might be our best one yet. This is going to be. We say it every week. <laughs> we do. We do. We, do. <laughs> we, do, we got to have confidence. I mean, if we don't have confidence, then we have nothing. Yeah. Um, I am so excited for this show, and I've been excited for this show for a few weeks now, mm-hmm. because we've got a huge guest joining us. We started last week talking about the NASCAR Hall of Fame, talking about some of the drivers that were going into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. We touched on Jeff Gordon last week and Alan Kowicki going into the NASCAR Hall of Fame on February 1st. Another name going in is Davey Allison, who nearly won the championship in 1992, tragically killed in 1993 in a helicopter crash. His wife, Liz Allison, is going to join us on the podcast tonight. amazing i mean i'm i'm so excited i'm listening as a fan this week exactly yeah because i mean you were you were born in 1998 98 and this the year earnhardt won the daytona 500 you know that's five years after allison died so you have i mean you know obviously you know you were not here when he was racing all i all i get to see is memories and i was um i was 10 years old Mm -hmm. when he passed away so, yeah. so Liz Allison going to join us later in the program. The countdown to Daytona is on. We're like, uh, I don't know, 24 days until the Daytona 500. Something Crazy. like that. Crazy. Crazy. It's it coming is, up fast. I mean, it is really coming up fast. When racing season hits, it, it comes fast. I know. It's like I a mean, circus. Right. They just go on with or without you. I am so excited to get down to Daytona. I mean, I'm, I'm but let me tell you something. Connor drops a bombshell on me today that he's going skiing five days before we leave for the day, four days before we leave for the Daytona 500. Yeah. And uh, right off the plane from the Chicago uh, trip. We're, yeah, we're going to get off the plane from Chicago. You're going skiing. And let me tell you something. I told you, I told you off, off when we were not recording. You break a bone, you're going to Daytona. I don't care if I got to put you in the back on a stretcher, you're going to Daytona. Well, don't jinx it. I don't play Don't them. go. I've never don't go a, skiing. I'm not. Not going skiing. I have, a, I have a bad feeling about this. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna, when you're in the hospital and we're recording the pod, next podcast yeah. uh, in February, we're gonna go back to this audio where I said, "Don't do it." Well, I've never broken a bone before, so let's hope oh, we continue that in 2019. You hear? That's me knocking on wood. Knock on okay, wood. Okay, gosh, don't ruin this for me. It's crazy. It's all about though. me. Well, what a better way to start out Speed Weeks than going skiing? Than going skiing. <laughs> what? Why not? And I don't even get an invitation. Thanks. Well, I mean, as self-proclaimed creator and co-host of the podcast, wouldn't you think you'd be doing a lot of work? <laughs> you know, Connor just shows up and I just show up and record, folks. Mm, all righty. <sighs> well, NASCAR heat. I mean, I don't even know what's going on with this anymore because just... last year, last last year, last episode, we were in a whole other season. Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so we didn't even make it to the playoffs and then he threw in the towel. We made it to- It was Indy. We we finished Indy and I won the race and I don't know where you finished. But... I crashed or something in the last oh, lap. Yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. disastrous- Yeah, you were running- I was mad. I was mad the whole race for some reason. You were running like 13th and you were trying to junk on the final lap so you would get a caution. Then you ended up finishing like 20 six and then you just said you know i'm done so the, done. the man quit before the playoffs even started and now we've started a new season we're like what how many races in five 
maybe five or six. Yes. Give or take five or six. And I'm already what? 30 <sighs> points behind? It's it's death by a thousand cuts. Because I was trying to, something happened, and I was trying to think of what it was because I wanted to make sure. Texas? I'm, what happened at Texas? No, I hit the wall. That wasn't it. Something happened this season. I got wrecked. I've wrecked coming to the line. Oh, you, you freaking, here's what happens. Here's what, here's what happens to Connor, and here's what happens to me. You know, I come down pit road every time caution comes out. You know, I go lap down. Connor wrecks coming to the white flag, spins and crashes. I think that was maybe uh, Vegas or something. You spun, crashed, caution comes out. You're 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 in second place and then you come back to win it after you just crash coming to the coming to the white flag and then the green white checkered the game automatically puts him in second place and then he goes yeah. on to win that's freaking you know what i'm actually not, no i didn't win vegas well i finished it, like whatever it finished maybe third. wasn't vegas but you Palmer wreck and you win and i wreck and i go laps down and it's ridiculous you gotta know how to control your car and martinsville that was a pretty uh, good finish, wasn't it? Right? Didn't we have a pretty good battle there on the last lap? You came back, oh, yeah, got yeah, me. Yeah. That was oh yeah, because I knew, I knew, yeah, because I knew you were gonna try and go to the inside, so I just kind of like slowed and made sure you were on my door, and then I right, but I took off. But increasing the the the, the, difficulty. the difficulty of the opponents has not made a difference. We had it up to one hundred three when we started the season. And we, we couldn't had it crack up to the top twenty five. One race. So Connor said, "No, I'm not doing this." So we had to. We, we had collectively to lower. said, we're, we, no, didn't we're col- not. "We didn't collectively do anything." We couldn't you, crack the top twenty-five. You didn't get a top ten, so you were pouting about it and refused to race me ever again unless we moved it down. Look, you're already down thirty points, and we're only. You have there is something on the top screen that is <laughs> giving you an advantage. This man has come up with every. You talk about my conspiracy. This man has come up with every conspiracy in the book as to why I win. He said he said I couldn't after the first season. He said no more being the 18 car. There's uh, you're just better. So I don't I go to the 95 folks, the 95. I beat him three straight times and then he's like, "Oh, it's something in your remote." So we we trade off remotes, nothing in my remote. And now we've even proven the top screen theory. We did it at Pocono. You're like, all right, let me just qualify well, in your car. Well, I think it has to do with my name. You're running under yeah. my name. But it doesn't it doesn't matter when you're under multiplayer. Okay, I can I can accept all that, but I cannot accept like us qualifying at Talladega, for example, and coming up to speed on the backstretch. You're literally pulling away from me. And I have, I mean, it's like, that should not be happening. Because you have a bad habit of swerving all over okay. the track. <laughs> no, I don't. Don't, you, you don't create some you, false narrative now. You okay. pick a line and run it, Timothy. You don't, you don't. Timothy, sw- you Timothy. Don't, you don't swerve and. I don't and, swerve all and around, like, okay. And block the air, <laughs> whatever oh, you do. But so. this is this is also the man who wonders why I'm so good at the tracks. But literally, the game gives us an, a whole hour to practice, right? And I maybe use five five minutes out of it to practice to get the car right. This man to get the car right. You don't make any adjustments to the car. This man gets off pit road, and by turn three, he's <laughs> junking everybody. He calls them big junks, and he just sits there and goes, "Oh, I'm done. I'm done with practice." So he doesn't even practice the car. So he gets in qualifying the race, and he doesn't know how to get around the track because he just refused to. He just thinks he just you know wants to junk everybody. I'm done listening to you. <laughs> I'm not listening it's death anymore. by a thousand cuts. It's just slow and painful. I'm going to continue to let you dominate the fantasy world of, of online racing while I dominate the real world of go kart racing when we're actually on the track. Look, and if, we'll settle it in Daytona. If Michael Cozy actually takes up our offer to stay with us, which shout out Michael Cozy, we hope he does. Me and me and him will race one on one. You and him ain't going to do nothing. In Heat 3. No. Yep. no I'm not, not going to sit down in my basement serving you all food while you two race. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> Daytona. 
we're going to have another go, the final go-kart race to decide the championship. Unless so. you pull some screw job. I'm not job. pulling any screw job. You just can't accept defeat. We're 2-2. Two, two. Okay, we're 2-2. Two, two. But you're going to come up with some excuse like you did in that NASCAR trivia game that we had that had me come across the table while we were on the air. What excuse? Yeah. I ain't come up with any excuse. Uh, hey, don't forget to check out our store, Father Lead Merchandise. Buy a shirt. The season's coming up. Wear your favorite podcast to a race. We've got all kinds of clothes on there. Uh, that is shop.spreadshirt.com slash fa-the-lead. Or you can find the link on Twitter or our Instagram at fa-the-lead. You can also email us, fa-the-lead at gmail.com. Next week, we're going we're gonna to try something risky. Uh-oh. Yeah, we're doing something risky next week. <laughs> we're going to have a call-in show. We're going to see if people want to call in and talk NASCAR. You know what one of the best call-ins ever was? Or, I mean, there's been a few good ones, but if you ever tune in to Dave Moody's no, show on Sirius do XM. Do no, I don't want to use any beeps on this podcast. Please don't do it. I wasn't going to touch on, like, his, but uh, there was one time someone called in to Dave Despain, and they asked him if uh, if he liked, uh, what was it? No, it was, they asked him if he liked Okay. Or something like that, well. and he was like, "No, I don't." <laughs> there's our first. Up. There's our first beep of the well, podcast. It wasn't a cuss word, though. Well, so all good. right, that, that, that's our first beep. We're good. We can have one beep, <laughs> one beep. So next week, we'll we, you know we'll put the number out for everybody to call. You can put your number out there. Uh, no, it's not my number. It's our podcast number. It's what if we number. have someone call collect that, that, from jail? You can't even do that on a cell phone. I can't get a collect call on a cell phone. You can't? I don't I don't think so. You can't answer it and be like, this is- I don't believe so, because Renault how are they going to charge you? Region, region, they don't charge you. They charge the inmate, don't they? they? Not if you're accepting a collect call. Well, I don't know. You don't. Yeah. Study up on how to do a collect call before you someone's, bring this I've, material to the I've podcast. I've listened to a podcast where someone's called collect before and they're like, Are you in jail? He was like, Yeah, that was man, probably I not lock real. Up. See, we keep things real. That was probably that was probably staged. Uh, that was I, I bet know. that was staged. I bet it wasn't real. I don't know. No, it wasn't real. It was fake. But anyways, Timothy's gonna get out his number and he might as well give out his social security. I'll put and, out your number. And home address why is that it now that he has cameras up at his house? <laughs> oh, you wanna touch on that? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, your house is oh, CGI you're, protected. You're so dead. <laughs> you are so dead. <laughs> so Timothy usually leaves the back door unlocked for me when I come in and we race. But I get to the back door the other night <laughs> and it's locked. And I look down and there's a sticker on the window that says CGI protected. <laughs> And I walk in, and there's cameras everywhere right. in his house. Um, yeah. Uh, so, hey, I, I, I've got kids. I want the house to be secure. So, you know, that's kind of what we're doing. It's like you, you fail to realize we live in one of the wealthier neighborhoods in Roanoke. You know, where any family, it's like a, it's a white picket fence type neighborhood. You know, you just want to raise your family there. And here Tim <laughs> is installing cameras all over his house. I mean, he's even got a camera that points to my house. <laughs> that's nice. I, I can make sure my house protected <laughs> just by his cameras. Right, because uh, I picked you up today from school and, you know, you were going to ride, you were going to use your grandmother's car or, or whatever to go to work. And I was like, well, she's not home. Look at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's not there. Yeah, I was like, oh, well, all right then. <laughs> I'm glad you know. The camera, uh, for the record, is pointed down on my driveway. So it is not pointed Which, is at, that at your, an angle Okay, well, that's not your house. house. Well, okay, your house just happens to be right beside mine. So why why did you put up cameras? You know the show's getting pretty big. Oh, you know security yeah. is obviously a concern. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And guess what else we're gonna start doing? What? 
broadcasting the show live. Oh, yeah. On, like, Periscope or Instagram or something. We'll toy around with it. Next week, we're going to be going live in here. That's I mean, big. we are, we are, I mean, we got people calling in. We're going live big on guest camera. On the show. I mean, this is, this is a big deal. Trevor is still here. He's not said anything. Where are we going to place Trevor next week? I don't know. Maybe we'll sit him up there. Uh, above will that he, TV screen. Will he stay up there? I don't know. Or we could put him in between us in the chair because we'll be on one oh, side yeah, of the table. I'll be yeah, on the other. We'll, Trevor can be right there. So we'll Trevor, we'll find a place for Trevor. Uh, I talked to Harrison Rhodes today. Yeah, reached out. Yeah, reached out and he, to you know, he uh, wanted to get him on the show because I know he, he had been liking some of our social media stuff. But, yeah. um, you know, he I didn't realize he doesn't have anything lined up. He said uh, said he doesn't have anything lined up for next year and, you know, doesn't have any funding, doesn't have any sponsorship. So he's, he's going to kind of just wait to see um, you know if he'll something something some pans gig. out and whether or not he wants to join us so. he'll probably get some gig going on yeah. that season someone's gonna need him, need him to step in yeah in my opinion that's true you know last week we talked about the death of uh, JD Gibbs of course tragedy for the Joe Gibbs family and and since we did the podcast uh, we've had another death and that's Glenn Wood Glenn Wood passed away yeah. Wood Brothers man Talk about NASCAR history. So many, so many headlines and stories and memories. David Pearson. David Pearson. With the Wood Brothers. With the Wood Brothers, yep. yep. The drivers that they have had over the years. Can you Man. can you remember the drivers? No. Not all <laughs> so of them. So let's let's go through the ones I can remember. So David Pearson. Yeah. Neil Bonnet. Yeah. Kyle Petty driving for the Wood Brothers. Dell Jarrett got his first career win with the Wood Brothers at Michigan. Hmm. In a photo finish with Davey Allison, that was a dramatic race. A little bit of foreshadowing. Yeah, exactly. Who's next? Bill Elliott. No. Bill Elliott drove the 21. What? Bill Elliott drove the 21. Are we talking about old drivers? We're, that was re- more recent, right? Well, I Ricky. Guess. Well, if you want to talk about more recent, Ricky Rudd drove the 21. Trevor Bain. Winning the Daytona 500 for the Wood Brothers. Our guy Blaney. Last win for the Wood Brothers, besides yep. Blaney's, but huge Daytona 500. I mean, I remember, like, jumping up and down screaming at that race. That was yep. crazy to watch. But we're missing uh, Elliott Sadler got a win at Bristol. Sadler, yep. He won at Bristol for the Wood Brothers. Some other drivers, but I think we're missing a big one. Who? Morgan Shepard. Morgan Shepard drove for the Wood How Brothers. How could we forget the Pied Piper? Won those races at Atlanta. Had a great year. It was like 92 season maybe or 93 season. Finished fifth in the points, I think. Um, so some some really legendary drivers. Of course, you, I think you just mentioned Ryan Blaney, last driver to get the Wood Brothers their win. They're sitting at 99 victories. Yeah, I was hoping Blaney would get their 100th. I, I was too. I feel like if Paul Menard gets their 100, it's not going to be like. It's not going to be a big deal. It's going to be like yeah. Paul Menard. <laughs> right. And I'm, I'm, there's plenty of. I'm, I know there's other drivers of the Wood Brothers that I just can't, yeah, can't think just, of. But those are the ones that. Those are the ones that stand out. I mean, and, you know, it's so good to see them back full time because there was a stretch they, they from were, the Elliott Sadler days, I think, until. To um, 2000 and. 16 is when Yeah, they because, went. you know, even when Bain won the Daytona 500 in the 21 car. They weren't full-time. I mean, they weren't full-time. I remember Blaney was part-time in 2015 because that's when I first discovered Blaney really uh, was in 2015, and he was still on a part-time. But, you know, fans forget Blaney, uh, his first start was actually in the 12 car at Kansas in 2014. Really? Yeah. I, started, I, didn't rem- I don't remember that. I believe PPG was his paint scheme for Penske. Yeah. I didn't started know Started one race, 12 I, car in Kansas in uh, Where'd he finish? I didn't realize that. I'm not sure. I'm going to be honest with you. When Blaney made the move over to Penske, I was kind of like, eh, about it. He really fit well with the Wood Brothers. Oh, he fit the mold perfectly. I mean, you know, talk throwback. I could have seen him being like someone like uh, 
like Truex to just take a, like a right. s- small car well, and they team. They had that alliance with Penske, so yeah. I mean they could have kept that. They're building. Well, they the, still have that, but they could have kept yeah, him in the twenty one. I mean they're building the twenty one cars in the Penske shop, so it's like what's the, you know, it's like moving Casey Mears from the twenty five yeah, to I the mean, five. Put Paul Menard in the twelve. Yeah, honestly. Or Blaney needs. Or to matter be of fact, the, just get the get rid of Paul Menard. Blaney needs mm-hmm. to be in the throwback car. Yeah. Oh man, what's the he problem looked, here? He looked good in that twenty one car. Yeah. I love that twenty one paint scheme. I think I always will. Uh, it looks good. I haven't seen. I assume it's going to be the same motorcraft scheme this year, but I want to see that on the new Ford, new Ford body. They're mm-hmm. typical yeah. Ford motorcraft, so that should be interesting. But so you know, Glenwood, what an what an icon, Hall of Famer in the sport. Yeah, got to have the twenty one car on the track. It's I not, don't care what you yeah. say. You got to have the twenty one car on the track. Get get rid of the three. Get rid of the forty three. Keep the twenty one. I was, I was just thinking the forty three can go away. See, the twenty one yeah. needs to stay. Yeah. Why is that? Why, why 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 is that my mentality and your mentality? Maybe it's because how embarrassing the forty three is, and how poor of an organization they are. I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, I mean, I really want the twenty one to to do something, but I'm not. I guess I don't feel that invested in the forty three or no. You know, so. But I didn't grow up in any of those areas. Right. But I feel like. I just feel like the twenty one, the forty three has had its rich history, and now it's kind of like formed into like trying to be like a modern day whatever, or not well, like it's a modern like a day. No, it's like drivers. It's like yeah. the number is now doing what drivers do at the end of their careers, yeah. run run really bad. I mean, it's just being passed along. But like the twenty one has had rich history, and I feel like that rich history has continued. I mean, still based out of Stewart, Virginia, right? Still. You know, still throwback paint scheme. I mean, I know right, Petty exactly. still runs the Petty Blue car, but it's just not the same. And um, I don't know. I just feel like that 21, that rich history, and then, you know, Leonard Wood being around, and, you know, before this past week, Glenn still being around and stuff. I feel like that, you know, rich history was, uh, I mean, Darlington, they didn't even have to throw back. I mean, their throwback is 36 races out of the year. So. Exactly. I know. I don't know. I feel like that, that rich history was nice to hold on to. Well, and, and the Hall of Fame drivers that they've had. Dale Jarrett and, yeah. and the others, David Pearson. So many winners, so many drivers. So, yeah, so many, so many special moments mm-hmm. um, in the sport. Certainly want to remember the the life of Glenn Wood and all that he did for the sport. So, Yeah, definitely big, big guy in our sport. And from a legend to somebody new and up and coming, Christopher Bell. Whoa, what a chili bowl. Chili bowl. You know, neither you and I watch the chili bowl neither you and i are really invested in the dirt no racing i mean we'll say it. i mean i'm from north carolina where you know it's more there's really not many dirt tracks i mean you got maybe a few but like you know north carolina the carolina area is more legend cars super late model tracks stuff like that i think of like bowman gray and winston-salem you know still play football on that field in the infield but it's like a super late model track and stuff so that's like a super late model like I guess I, I I like watching super late models more, but yeah, what a chili bowl! I, I think the, we need to watch it next year. Right, I know because um, Kyle Larson, Mister Second Place. I mean, he is Mister Second Place. He's become the Mark Martin of NASCAR. Can't catch a break, man. I Got mean, passed on the last lap. Yeah, by someone who's not even in the by league. Bell. By someone who's not even in the league yet. Who Bell wins and then he goes and starts doing burnouts, then flips the thing. Larson can't beat anybody in the JGR organization <laughs> unless Larson joins JGR. Speaking of that, speaking of JGR organization, the question that came out of that, which we've talked about on a number of shows, you know, what does this do? 
for Christopher Bell. It just puts his name more and more in the spotlight. And the question starting to become more and more, what happens in 2020? Well, I'm going to go ahead and throw out, he gets he gets a ride, obviously, in 2020. There's no doubt about that. Whether it be at Gibbs or somewhere else, I think Joe Gibbs has a really tough a decision to make. Really tough decision, really ju- tough job he's got to do this year. I think not only does he get a ride in 2020, I think that's obvious to everybody. He obviously wins rookie of the year and I think he might win he might win two races his rookie year. I mean, that's how good this guy is. I think he could win more than that. I'm worried Depending about on what him. equipment he's in. I, yes. Yeah, I'm I'm worried about what he could do to chase his stats. <laughs> okay? <laughs> yeah. That's you know, so I don't, don't ruin Chase's career, please. He's so good. Three chili bowls but, in a row. And and the question that I put out on our Instagram page at for the lead was who does he replace? And overwhelmingly yeah. everybody said Denny Hamlin. Well, I think that's the easy answer. I think we I, know Kyle Bush isn't going nowhere. No, Kyle's we not going know to, Martin Truex, Truex is not, not going, going nowhere. I've thrown out Eric Jones if he doesn't have a successful delusional. year, but yeah, you've told you're me delusional. off on that. You are delusional. So you're delusional. You think they're getting you're rid delusional. of Eric Jones. <laughs> I so I said yesterday. I think about how how filthy of a driver lineup it would be. Kyle Busch, who still got ten plus maybe years left in him of really good hard race. I mean, he's just now getting to his prime. <laughs> you got Eric Jones, possibly Christopher Bell. You are. I, I got to see way more from Eric Jones, and I've said this before. You're so high on Eric Jones, but I've not seen it. I'm the only one who's high on Eric Jones. Nobody, nobody else is. See, that's the thing. Everybody hypes he's up all these to, other. Like, he's starting to bounce in the chair now. He's so. High on Eric Everybody, Jones. Eric Jones does not get the credit he deserves. Everybody else. But why is that? I don't know. I really, I honestly, I think it's because. Well, he, Jimmy Johnson doesn't get the credit he deserves. No, he does. Jimmy Johnson is established. No, he doesn't. To a degree. But I mean, obviously, we look at Hendrick Motorsports and who's, whose organization is that? Chase Elliott's, right? Right. Yeah. But we look at Joe Gibbs and who do we look at? Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Busch. Eric Jones is still the third guy in that camp. No, it's like Blaney, third guy at Penske. Exactly. I mean, it's just over overshadowed talent. But I mean, Eric Jones, I mean, look what he almost beat Kyle at Bristol a couple years ago. He won a race this past year. I am someone who is very picky about winning races. Yeah. The you know, legitimate wins. Yeah. Okay. Chris Busher, Pocono. I hate rain delayed victories. That's stupid. Eric Jones can thank Ricky Stenhouse. <laughs> For, for his win and wrecking everybody in the, the race so he could win that race. So yeah. you put everybody back in the field. I don't think Eric Jones wins that race. Of course, we can't go back in time. Crashes yeah. happen. I know all that. But right. I, I don't – I mean, I think the circumstances – he got very lucky to win that race because yeah. of everything that happened. Well, everything had to happen right for him. Right. But, but that doesn't take away from how talented of a, of a driver he is. I mean, I think he's going to be around for a long time. I think he's – I think he's third behind Chase and Blaney in, in the most talent behind the wheel. But he's got to win. He's got and to win. I think that's what it boils down to. Yeah. Suarez did not win. He, I mean, I, I realize Jones won a race at Daytona. Realize that. But he's got to win consistently. Yeah. When you're at the top team now, which, you know, not looking at championship-wise, mm-hmm. but over the last how many years, Gibbs has been the top team. Yeah. And Kyle Busch is dominating. Mm-hmm. Truex is coming in, recently won the championship, him and Colburn dominating. So they've got two drivers that are going to have a, a, I think are going to have a a make or break year. And I think it's Jones and Hamlin. Okay, but let me play devil's advocate. Chase had to win, didn't he? He didn't win for three years. What do you do do after the second year? But the difference is Chase did not have, Hendrick didn't have somebody standing in line wanting Chase's ride. Okay, but nobody is standing in line for his ride. Someone's standing in line for Ham- Hamlin's on the hot seat. That's no, there's no doubt about that. Eric Jones, they wouldn't have signed Eric Jones. They wanted Eric Jones in the 20 all along. So the Suarez thing, what? The Suarez deal? Yeah. What about it? Why'd they get rid of him? Because 
they obviously had Truex coming over. Right. So on, now they got Bell coming over. So who are they getting rid of? Hamlin's on the hot seat. So you think it's Hamlin? I mean, the obvious answer is Hamlin. All right. Well, here's my other scenario. Well, somebody else uh, on our Instagram page said that Christopher Bell is going to replace Kurt Busch. But that would be, I mean, uh, he's got a pretty, Toyota's got, I think, their claws on Christopher Bell. So that would be. Yeah, but they're also pissing him off a little bit. Right, well, exactly. But I see a scenario where Hamlin goes to Ganassi in the one car. Bell goes to the 11. Yeah. I see that scenario. But I can also see Hamlin. I can also see Ganassi stealing Bell. Yeah. Bell and Larson, I think, would be quite a duo. That'd be a show. Now, they got to up their performance on the track and the cars that they build for these drivers. Yeah. But that would be quite some teammates. You see, if Bell goes, I think, my opinion, Bell goes to JGR, he's ready to win yes. right away. If he goes to Ganassi, he's going to have to wait, in my opinion, because they don't have the best equipment. It's no doubt that Larson outdrives his equipment. And the one, it's no doubt that the 42 is highly favored car in that organization. So, I don't know. If I was Gibbs, as much as I like Hamlin and would want to see him stay there, I mean, you've got to look to the future. And Christopher Bell, I mean, he is no, he's nobody to pass up. Well, on. and there's no, you know, we talked about this too. There's no satellite team no. that I think Christopher Bell would accept he's driving not going to for. 95. That'd be disrespectful. Now, had the 78 still been in operation, I could see if could have seen a scenario where he drove the 77 like Jones did. Nah, hell, if the 78 was still in an organization. And they, you know, resigned, did their did their gig or whatever, and kept Truex. Suarez is out after this year. Well, right, that's and Bell's true in too. that nineteen. Yeah, that's true. You're right. So uh, that's how I'd view it. But I really, really hope Bell stays in the Toyota camp, specifically Joe Gibbs. I, I just think that it maybe I'm just biased because I'm, you know, a Gibbs fan. But I think I think if he was in Gibbs, I mean, he's Christopher Bell's going to be dangerous in my opinion, and he's he keeps getting slept on and disrespected in my opinion. Whew. He's going to be a problem coming up. Quinn. Hoof. Quinn who? <laughs> who? Quinn Hoof. Changing gears. Any, anybody know who that is? Bueller. <laughs> Bueller. May we blink? Uh, he's going to drive the 77 car for Spire Motorsports. They bought the charter from Furniture Row. I don't know who this driver is. Uh, haven't done my research on it. All I know is he's from Virginia, actually. And he's, I guess he's driven some Xfinity Series races. So he's going to drive a handful of cup races this year for them. Um, so we'll, it, it'll be interesting to see how that team does. I don't know where that team's even based at. They're not based in Colorado. So I'm not, you know, they got the charter, but I'm not sure if they bought all the equipment too and brought it here to, brought it to North Carolina. I'm not sure what they know. did. but And I'm not sure if I'm even saying his name right, but uh, I believe it is Quinn. I'm not sure how you say the last name. But I'm going to go gonna with be Hoff. Hoff. Quinn Hoff. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. Uh, Todd Gillen coming back to KBM in 2019. Yep. He's another rising star. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be pretty cool to watch. Um, some other NASCAR news that's happened. NASCAR working on a deal for sports betting. Sports betting. Wow. Yeah. You're going to start betting on drivers. Now this is going to be like, now it's going to feel rigged. Because these, you know, <laughs> now it's going to feel rigged. Well, I'm not a gambler to start out with, so I will not be placing any wagers on any drivers. But Timothy over here likes to scratch lottos. So will you be visiting the betting tents? <laughs> the betting tents. Daytona. Daytona. If you're up in Daytona, <laughs> I drop my tax returns on all the races to bet on. You've guaranteed Kyle Bush is going to win the 500. So Yeah, mark my words, folks. Kyle Bush is going to win the 2019 Daytona 500. Mark. It. Mark my words. If he does, we're going live to see Connor's reaction. Oh, uh, so I'm gonna be losing. We'll my do mind. it live. <laughs> we're going live. Ryan Newman also gave an interview uh, over the past uh, week, talking about how excited he is for driving. <laughs> talking about how excited he is to drive the six car. I'm glad he's. Uh, Trevor, how do you feel about that? Yeah, Trevor doesn't have anything to say about that. Yeah, I wish you guys could see Trevor at studio. He's just. Um, 
it's not a great time for him. But Newman's, you know, excited to be in a new organization. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did say he feels like he is the best he's ever been in his career in terms of his ability to drive, which I thought was was interesting. Interesting. Typically, when drivers say that, they are starting to fade in their career. I remember qualifying. Jimmy has said that. Jimmy says that. I was about to say, I remember qualifying for the 500 this past year. They were like, man, Jimmy's in the best shape of his life. Mm, yeah, had the worst year of his life. So, well, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know if Newman meant What's Newman? best shape. Yeah, no. <laughs> like exercise wise, I think Newman meant like his mind. He's 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 got his mind and his his giving it a hundred and ten percent, and and he is what so is, confident, more confident now than he's ever been in his career. But what is Newman's best though? I mean, he's been been a liability for a well, little he, bit he, now. He's, he, his best is getting poles. Yeah, well, if Rocket Man, Rocket Man, Ryan Newman, Rocket Man, Ryan Newman. Yeah, I don't know. Should be interesting. He's with Roush. Roush is uh, that's a uh, death by a thousand cuts right now. That is exactly slow and painful. Um, so we'll see how that goes. We will definitely see how that goes. But um, Newman to the six car in the Oscar Mayer Wiener car. What a sponsor! So I know, man. What a sponsor. Uh, we were talking about that at dinner tonight. He's going to have hot dog eating contest at all the tracks. Jeez. Come have a hot dog eating contest with Ryan Newman. Well, I remember Smithfield used to do the uh, like the bacon eating contest, and uh, they still might. But I remember when Eric Almirola was with the 43, they would do like bacon eating contest or hot dog eating contest. And, I mean, that's just ooh, kind of disgusting to watch. But, um, you know. Uh, switching gears here, NASCAR paint scheme's coming out. Number one gear wrench car came out. Kurt Busch is... Uh, I keep wanting to say good wrench. Gear wrench. Oh, I don't know what gear wrench is exactly, but uh, you like the paint scheme? I, I do. It's matte. The matte orange yeah, and, I like and that. black. Yeah. And um, the McMurray paint scheme that has come out yeah, is one. matte too. And and speaking of McMurray, he's going to drive in the, the Clash. Yeah. they expand, Didn't they expand the rules for the Clash this year to get more drivers in? They may have. We I think so, because I think Suarez really is even in it. I remember it was like, you've won a pole, you're in, but I don't know what the exact... Um, the exact scenarios are but you know other than that sun energy one leaving chase how do you feel about that wow well i feel bad about it because of the paint schemes yeah, otherwise paint i don't really care really cool. <laughs> paint schemes are really cool um, um yeah so i don't know if napa's stepping up to do a couple more races or i'd love to see hooters step up. i want hooters to be his full-time sponsor i don't know why you i just love that car yeah the cars are, well I mean, it, it's a, it reminds me of throwback it yeah. reminds me of alan kawicki you know the hooters car was up front with kawicki and, you know, Chase is ha- having the Hooters car up front. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah. You know, just kind of going back in time. I like this Hooters paint scheme from this past year. Yeah, hopefully they, they – I haven't seen a Hooters paint scheme for this year. I think they're keeping that around. Are they? Yeah, I think so. But, uh, yeah, Sun Energy 1 leaving Chase. Got his first win in that paint scheme. He did. He goes wide! True X! Man, wow. that was – oh, I, I did, the only uh, – Chase's first win, I never even got to watch it uh, live. I had to watch it uh, afterwards. Uh, Wait, you didn't watch it on TV? No, I had something to do. I had to leave the house while he was leading, and I said, you know what? Every time I'm home, he doesn't win. Something happens, so I'm going to leave and not watch it. Looked online when I got um, to where I was, and and he won, and I was like, Are you really a Chase fan? I watched it live. (laughs) Okay, be quiet. Are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. This man claims he's a Chase fan. Unbelievable! Didn't watch his first race. I had something to do. We're what? Care to share? I can't remember. You went out and purchased the CGI cameras that are now oh hung up God. all over your house. 
Are you really a Kyle Busch fan? Because it sure seems like you're a 95 fan to me. Then why do you say that? Because you love the 95. you got to drive the 95 on NASCAR heat, and it's like you're showing me all these anymore. paint schemes of the 95, and oh, my God, this is my favorite paint scheme. This is my favorite paint scheme. The this ni- is my favorite paint scheme. The 95 had some pretty sweet paint schemes this year. The thorn paint scheme, the white one, if y'all know what I'm talking about, the dark matter one was They don't nice. know what you're talking about. Nobody does. You just offended all 95 fans out there. But I don't, I'm don't. i not in the 95 anymore on Heat 3 this season. Who am I? You're Chase. And you are? I'm Ryan. Yep. Chase so, and Blaney. Chase and Blaney show. So. And we haven't even mentioned what we're wearing right now. Oh. Connor, tell them what shirt you've got on. And, and you're going to – we'll post a picture. Uh, we've got a picture on our Instagram and, and Twitter. Go check it out. But uh, here's, here's the shirt he's got for the – I uh, am wearing a – Tim Richmond shirt. It's kind of hard to describe, but it's just his face. Looks like Blaney to me. His face. He got some aviators on. He's got the Folgers hat, and then under it is his signature in the twenty-five. So and kind of ironic for this show, I chose Bobby Allison shirt to wear. Ironic. So the front of Bobby Allison's car, you can kind of see him there. Uh, yeah. It's a pretty cool shirt. Um. So. That, you know, uh, as we talk about Davey Allison's career in just a bit, I uh, thought I'd wear the Bobby Allison shirt. And and something else that I'm looking forward to is uh, a show coming to Fox. Oh, man. 14th. Uh, FS1. Gordon and Earnhardt, the documentary of their duel. That's their rivalry. After the uh, the Can-Am duels is when it airs. And I we're that's going to be a late night for us because we got the duels. And then we're we got the there. documentary and then we're driving to Daytona. And it's on I mean, we Valentine's might be, Day. We might be so hyped up. We might just leave after that documentary and head down to Daytona. Might as well. I mean, what time are we going to get up and leave? <sighs> probably like 5 o'clock. Exactly. And the documentary is going to end at like I'll probably get home from your house around like midnight, so I'll probably have a swift three hours of sleep until I gotta get back. I mean, up I and might drive. be. I don't. I don't even know if I'll be able to sleep. I'll be so hyped to go to Daytona. Yeah. Don't they usually come out with a documentary before Daytona every year? Yeah, about? I think they do. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I think it's gonna bring back some stuff that I I am gonna say. Oh, I had forgotten that happened. Or I didn't remember that. Not for me. Well, yeah, not for you. Yeah, no, but for me, yeah, I, I can't wait to see that. I always love the Earnhardt documentaries too. Yeah. So. And you mix it with Gordon. I mean, what mm-hmm. can get better? Right. Exactly. Honestly, uh, going back to the the sprint car stuff and stuff, uh, they asked Blaney why doesn't he run sprint car races? And uh, funny story because Dave Blaney built sprint cars and has his own sprint car team from about two thousand, you know, like nine to two thousand thirteen. And uh, so Blaney would help him and build him up a little bit. And he actually went and tested one back in 2012 before he made his uh, debut driving the 22 car for Penske in the uh, Xfinity Series. So he went out and, like, tested this sprint car that his dad built or whatever. And they, he came back and he was, like, in the garage area and he was talking to Tim Sendrick, you know, like mm-hmm. the leader of Austin Pen- Sendrick's yeah, son. Yeah, his dad. And uh, he was, like, walking out and Tim turned around and said, oh, yeah, by the way. No more sprint cars. He's like, man, how do you, how do you know about that? How did I know I was driving a sprint car? It turns out that Dave Blaney went to Tim Sendrick and said, hey, tell Ryan no more sprint cars. Oh, he, scared the sh- he, scared, he scared the shit out of me. <laughs> oh, so the dad goes behind the son's back yeah. and does that. Yeah, so that's why Jeez. Blaney does not drive sprint cars. But, man, would it, wouldn't it be something something to see like Kyle Busch, Chase I don't Elliott? blame him. I don't want Blaney driving a sprint car. I don't want Chase driving a sprint car. I don't car. want Christopher Bell or Larson driving a sprint any, car. I don't want any. Yeah. Look what happened to Stewart. Yeah. Kyle well, Bush isn't allowed to. Samantha won't let him. Right. I mean, I don't blame her. No. I do not blame her. No, not even the Chili Bowl. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, coming up, we have uh, kind of the moment that, that we've been building up to and uh, the most exciting moment of the podcast. 
uh, most exciting, uh, you know, and and I think the best moment of the show that we've had so far over these ten weeks. We're gonna talk about Davy Allison going into the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and such a special guest, Liz Allison, is gonna be with us, the wife of the late Davy Allison, to talk about him, his life, his legacy, and and so much more, and everything that he meant to the sport, and and you know, she's done an amazing job of really keeping his legacy alive. Yeah, and. You know, it is it's great to see everything that she's doing, still doing to this day for Davy Allison. You know, and and as I think back on the memories of Davy and because, you know, I was 10 years old. I was a fan of Davy when he passed away. And I always go back to the 1993 Die Hard 500. It was it was about two weeks after he was killed in that helicopter crash at the Talladega Super Speedway. So NASCAR comes back to Talladega. They'd been at the race at Pocono. The 28 car didn't race at that race. They came back to Davy's home track. Uh, that meant so much to the Allisons, the Alabama gang. Davy got his first win at Talladega. Fans were just devastated. And Liz Allison, so much courage that she had to be at that race and, and to address those fans. Let's listen to that. The last two weeks have been really difficult for Robbie, Krista, and myself, and the whole Allison family. There have been times that we felt that we couldn't go on. The love and the support that all of the fans have shown to all of us has been just overwhelming. There's no way that we can ever thank each and every one of you for that love. I know that now we can all hold on to the memories of Davy and to try to go on with our lives. Davey's looking down on us today with a big smile on his face. He would be so proud of the love that you have shown to him and to his family. These are all the things that will help Robbie and Krista know how very special their daddy was to so many people. And there's something that I'd like to share with all of you today that's brought some peace to me, and I hope that, that it will to you. Please don't sing sad songs for me. Forget your grief and fears, for I am in a perfect place away from pain and tears. I'm far away from hunger and hurt and want and pride. I have a place in heaven with the master at my side. My life on earth was very good as earthly lives can go, but paradise is so much more than anyone can know. My heart is filled with happiness and sweet rejoicing too. To walk with God is perfect peace, a joy forever new. Thank you all very much. God bless you. So much courage to stand up in front of those hundreds of thousands of fans in Talladega who were mourning the loss of Davy Allison and, and probably taking comfort in seeing Liz there. Um, what a remarkable job she did there and what a remarkable job she has done to keep Davy's legacy alive. Liz Allison joins us next on For the Lead. Crash. Travel. You're listening to For the Lead with Timothy Martin and Connor Bunn. And welcome back to For the Lead. I'm Timothy Martin along with Connor Bunn, and we are extremely, extremely happy to welcome in Liz Allison, wife of the late Davey Allison, who will be inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame on February 1st. Liz, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, I'm thrilled to join you guys. It's always um, it's always a pleasure to talk about Davey, and especially with the Hall of Fame now right around the corner. So it's um, it's exciting to to talk about it for sure. And speaking of the Hall of Fame, what was your emotion like when you found out that he was he was going to be in the Hall of Fame? 
Oh my goodness, it was ugly. It was ugly <laughs> tears. So <laughs> I um I decided not to go to the Hall of Fame for the for the selection. They you know, every Hall of Fame is done a little different in NASCAR, um, and you guys probably know this already, but they uh, they invite all of the the um, nominees and then they announced the five inductees you know live with everybody there so that means that some people that are there are going home um, empty-handed if you will and then others are going you know we're going home with a big smile on their face and I just it's so emotional for me that I just felt like for me that I just I I didn't want to if, if Davey wasn't selected this year as an inductee I didn't want to not be happy for everybody else because I certainly would have been and, and, you know, and happy for everybody that's going in. But I knew I would be emotional, too. So I felt like the best thing for me to do was to stay home. And so Bobby and Bonnie were there. So I was watching it on TV like everybody else. And I literally dropped to my knees and just started boohooing because I just couldn't believe it. And then I immediately received a call from the Hall of Fame and then, um, so, you know, I was able to, to, uh, kind of be a part of that celebration with Bonnie and Bobby. And, um, so it's just very exciting, but it's just, it's such a personal journey and it's so different for us because at every, every inductee is different, you know, for Daisy and for Alan, they were very young and died tragically, you know, and so it's just, it's, it's bittersweet, right? So it's just, um, there's just a lot of emotions wrapped up in it. And now you've kind of been preparing and building up to to the induction that's going to happen on February 1st. Uh, what's that going to be like? Uh, will you be speaking at that? You know, it, it's, it's funny because I, Krista, mine and Davy's daughter, she got married last year. And it was like the whole the whole planning of a wedding. And, and you finally get to it and you're just like, oh, my gosh, here we are. I feel like that's how the Hall of Fame is. <laughs> it's been like nine months of planning and going through pictures and putting things together and putting you know, guest list together and who sits where. And so I, I feel like when we finally get to that night, like a, we, we arrive on Thursday. So I feel like when we finally get there that we can just take a deep breath. Um, but, you know, as far as the ceremony, the Hall of Fame is doing it a little different now. Um, so anybody who is a deceased inductee, they, there's very limited speaking. In fact, I don't even have the option to speak. They don't even allow me to speak. And so, um, yeah, I was disappointed about that too. Um, and actually Robbie only has a minute to speak. So, so it's very, um, so it's, it's just different. You know, they just, they, you know, kind of change it year by year to see what kind of works. And so, um, so anyway, so I won't, I won't give away what everybody's doing because I know everybody kind of has their, their own thing as far as the Hall of Fame is concerned, but, but I don't get to speak. So I'm really mm-hmm. sad about that. But you know what? I feel like I've, I've, I'm so, you know, I'm on social media and I love talking with, with fans and um, I, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty transparent, you know, with, right. with Davey and myself. And so I feel like hopefully people know how excited we are and how grateful we are for everybody. And um, even though I don't get to speak. Well, I want to go back a little bit and talk about for the, the newer race fans, because Connor, the co-host of the show here, he wasn't even born when, when Davey Allison raced. What, for the newer fans, what was what was Davey like? What was his personality like, his racing style? Well, I mean, he was very aggressive on the racetrack, as we know. He was, I mean, he was born to race. And, you know, what's really interesting about Davey is that you would think being the son of NASCAR Hall of Famer Bobby Allison that he, he would have had a lot handed to him, and it was actually the opposite. Right. It was, um, Davey had to work for everything that, um, that he accomplished, and he 
was taught to work in the shop. His first job in the shop was sweeping floors. And he uh, he would stay up all night in high school and work on a car and go to school the next day. He went to summer school and graduated early so he could go racing. And, you know, Bobby was off racing doing his thing. And so Davy was back at the shop with Pop Allison and the Peach Fuzz Gang, for those who are, are really old-time racers, the Peach Fuzz Gang. And so uh, he wasn't, I mean, man, nothing was handed to him. And he, he sacrificed a lot. And, and to have a, a career racing and I know there's people that go I oh, love me uh, you know it's that when you say they sacrifice a lot but they really do mm-hmm. um, and it, especially back in the day so he was he was a hard charger very aggressive on the racetrack but off the track just a completely different kind of guy he was the he was really a fan favorite in a sense of his his um he, he was always available to the fans he was the driver that would stay hours after a race right. and would sign autographs I have pictures um, of him at Pocono and at Rockingham and all these different racetracks where, you know, the haulers were like leaving and Davey was still there signing autographs. Um, And that's just, that's just who he was. And I think that the fact that over 25 years later, people still love him and still want him to be remembered and still cherish the memories of him racing, um, which to me tells me more about the person that he was more than the racer that he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of memories, uh, I was born in 1998, so I wasn't around to see <laughs> Davy race, unfortunately, but I've seen a lot of documentaries, especially in the 92 season, uh, you know, the crash at Bristol, the death of his brother, the all-star race, the Pocono crash, and then the heartbreak at Atlanta ultimately to end the season what was it like witnessing him go through that firsthand because I mean the media side and and you know we've seen it through the documentaries but you experienced it firsthand so what was it like I guess take us through a journey of that season well I mean that was uh, that was a roller coaster season for sure and, and just emotionally and the fact that Davey was able to get out and race every week with everything going on and Larry McReynolds has often said and jokingly said either 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 Davey won or, or he crashed that season and it didn't seem like there was a lot in between. Um, you know, he had victories that season and, and we had heartache and he had a lot of um, he had a lot of injuries. And it was that was really the, the turning point for me where racing wasn't fun anymore. And and that was hard. That was hard for us. That was hard for, for us personally. Um, because he's uh, he was a racer and he wanted to he wanted to keep racing and I wanted him to quit um and it just you know it doesn't work that way um so i i you know used to jokingly say that that i was competing with a with a 30 pound mistress and um you know just that the race car was just you know was just important to him because he was a racer and i get it i get it all these years later it's just you know when you're young and you're in the midst of it and you see somebody hurting so badly physically and emotionally then then you you know you feel like maybe it's time to do something different but he he never considered that and and that's why he raced, you know, the same weekend at Michigan that his brother Clifford um, lost his life. Um, and there were a lot of people that questioned that and, and probably some people that thought it wasn't the right thing to do. But it was never a consideration for Davey not to race. And he felt like that, that Clifford would want him to race. And Clifford was a racer, too. And they were raced in, in, in that environment that you keep going. And um, and, that, and that's what he did. Did the emotional toll of that season for Davey carry over to 93? Because it... From what I remember, it didn't seem like things were clicking as much in 93 for the team as they were in 92. And I just I don't have a lot of information about that. Or was it just kind of an off season? Well, you know, they still had victories. I mean, that's that's what's interesting, because I've heard other people say that, too. To be honest with you, I almost think because there were so there were so many fireworks, if you will, in 1992, that when it was a little quiet in 93, that it that it didn't seem like they were 
they were on their game. You know, and if you remember going into 1993, they were the season, the preseason favorite mm-hmm. to win the championship. Um, and they were certainly steady, you know, and, and doing their thing. And so I, I, I didn't feel like they were off. I, I really feel like it was because there was so much going on in 92 and there was so much that, that Davey was a part of so many conversations. And like I said, either for victories or deaths or, or accidents. And so when we went into 93, we didn't have all that. It almost seemed like too eerie quiet. And, um, and, but, but I felt like the team was, was in a good place. Do, do you have a race or a moment from Davey's career that you often think about? I know for me as a fan of his, it was, uh, you know, the Daytona 500 when he finished second to his dad and then the 1992 Daytona 500 when he won. And I think it was that race where Krista was kind of playing with his mouth in victory lane when they were doing the, the interview. She kept putting yeah, her she fingers was tickling in his mouth. Him. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that's such a funny moment. What about you? What, what moments do you think about in his career? Yeah, you know, that's definitely my my most special one. And it's because we were all together. You know, it seems like, you know, the kids were so young. I mean, they were one and three when he passed away. So obviously they were really young um, for victory lanes. And there's some that, that they weren't there. Um, you know, we might, like for Bristol, you know, I'd fly up for the day and, and the kids would be home with the family member and then we'd go back. So there were a lot of times that we weren't all there in victory lanes. So that was very special for me. And, and I still have that flag, that flag that... Um, that, that we were all holding in victory lane, and that's something that I treasure. And, um, I, I mean, I would say that's probably first and foremost. You know, I think really it's, it's kind of funny even about 1993 because so much changed in Davy personally, spiritually, um, o- over the course of the 1990 season, which season, which it would most. You know, when you go through life like that, it, it definitely changes people. And so I just felt like that whole season was pretty special. It was um it it was a time for Davy when the race car didn't have as, as great of an importance as it did before. He had more time for for me and the kids. Um we were with him more. He was doing less appearances and spending more family time. So just that, that whole time frame, that whole 1993 season was just more special for me. Was there one track in particular that you enjoyed going to with Davey over others? You know, <laughs> our home track, obviously, yeah. obviously yeah. Talladega. But I can't say that was my favorite. And the reason being is, for one thing, Talladega is just scary. From a driver's standpoint and from a driver's wife's standpoint, you just, I mean, it's still the same. I and mean, when we go there and it's like, you know, you just hold your breath. But Pocono probably was really special for me and and maybe for a different reason than what you guys would think. It wasn't about the racing. Mm-hmm. It, it was about the atmosphere that the Mattioli families provided for and created for all of the families. At that time that we would go during that time of, of racing, only a few of the drivers had motor coaches. You know, now everybody has the, you know, million dollar motor coaches and, and, and to be honest with you, that's changed a lot of the way racing is inside the, the garage area, which is on the negative side. I think that's, that's just kind of the downside of a lot of, of the change that we started seeing in, in the sport. But with that being said, there were about a handful of drivers that had motor coaches. So we didn't really have a place to take the kids or, or be with the kids. And, you know, Davey's out there racing, but, you know, I'm sitting in a car at a lot of these racetracks with the kids for, you know, six, eight hours in a day, which is no fun. And Dr. Rose and, and, and Joe Mattioli they had this wonderful room that they had babysitters, they had catering for us. And remember, this was back before anybody was really focusing on the family aspect of it, right. the drivers and the kids. Um, you know, now we have playgrounds in the garage area and MRO provides, you know, child care and all of that kind of stuff. We didn't have that then. And so that was the track that I loved to go to because 
I could see all of the driver's wives, all the kids would be together, and it was just, it was fun. So, and, and plus, both of those races were always in the summertime, so the weather was always great. And we would go, and same thing, we'd stay in hotels. We didn't stay in the motor coaches, so we'd stay in one of the resorts there, and it was just it was just a really fun place to be. A couple more questions, Liz, and we'll let you go because we know you're, we know you're busy. One thing I always think about as a, as a Davey Allison fan and always, you know, kind of just hang my head is, is what could have been and, and how the course of history could have been changed. Would Jeff Gordon have the championships that he had in the early 90s if, if Davey Allison was still alive? What do you think he was poised to do with his career? Well, I mean, if you look at his stats from the beginning of his career, his rookie season 1987 up until you know his last race there at New Hampshire in 1993, if you look at his stats consistently from 1987 through 1993, then, you know, if you want to fast forward that, then, I mean, that's the only thing that any of us can really speculate on. I mean, you know, it's that what could have happened and all of those things. I mean, you know, we'd all love to dream that that would have been the case. But for me, that that's really what I look at is that, that the course that he was on, which is what ultimately got him into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. If he'd stayed that course, he, he certainly would have been one of the greatest drivers of, of all time. And, and personally, I still think that's the case. You know, stat-wise, he didn't have the opportunity to to make it look any different than than what it does today. But but the course that he was on and what he accomplished within his time frame and with his body of work was enough to have him nominated into the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and then the very next year be an inductee of the NASCAR Hall of Fame. And I think that says a lot too, because I think there's there's people probably that say, and I know I heard it. Um, from media members that said Davey Allison will never be a NASCAR Hall of Famer because he didn't get the championship. And, you know, and not only was he nominated, but he went in, he, he dang near went in the first year. And then he, you know, was able to, um, to get enough votes in that second year to, to be inducted. So I think that speaks for itself in a sense that, that he's been recognized for his body of work during the time um, that he was with us in racing. And then, you know, ultimately, I, I don't know that you can bank a NASCAR Hall of Fame nod on what could be, uh, but I certainly think that um, that some people might have taken that into consideration. Oh, I, I totally agree with you, and absolutely. I think he would have been one of the greatest drivers of all time. Uh, what we, we I've seen a documentary um, a couple years ago on Robbie doing some racing, and I know his, uh, Bobby was kind of helping him out. How how is how is Robbie doing these days? He's doing great, and he's not racing. He's um he he did for you know for several years there and loved it and you know uh, Robbie was was like many many great drivers out there they get chewed up by the business and and the, the sport of racing is very expensive I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know <laughs> yeah. it, you know there's there's a lot of great racers out there that, that can't race because they they can't fund it and, and racing is different now you know you you do have to have as a sponsorship right. for the most part to to you know to, to you know then at the top level with cup racing and it's just different from how it used to be so once again you know just being an Allison you know people would say well isn't that enough to get a sponsor or heck no. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of legacy kids out there that are that are trying to race that are just trying to scrape together and enough to go to the next racetrack. Mm-hmm. So it's just hard. And um, you know, for Robbie, he he got to the point to where he was he was tired of sleeping on couches. Right. Um, he, he got a little bit of a later start, um, and so he just felt like you know, reality is I I love racing and I would love to do this. It it, it but 
but man, I got to have a paycheck, you yeah. know? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and Robbie has CEO who's two years old. You know, when you become a dad, that changes too, because then you also have a family that, that needs to be provided for too. And, and so that, you know, he, he definitely got, got chewed up by the jaws of, of racing. And it's, and it's unfortunate because you know, I was talking to Joey Knuckles just last week and he was Davey's rookie crew chief. Mm-hmm. And he said, man, it just kills me, you know, about Robbie not being able to race because he had so much dang natural talent. And, and Lauren Rainier always said, Robbie has everything that you can't teach a driver. And now all he has to learn is what can be taught. And I think that that was, um, ultimately, I, th- I think that was, I think that was Davey too. I mean, Davey had that, that natural ability and that natural natural talent and you know drivers have to be they they're taught and they they learn through experience what they need to learn but but there has to be some natural talent there as well Robbie had it but it just uh, it just didn't work out do you still keep up with racing today and if so um is there any drivers that you see some qualities Davey had in um a particular driver yeah I am I am so knee deep in the sport I've I've stayed in sport the first five years after Davey's death I was um I was focused on just really trying to, to be mom to Robbie and Kristen and, and just get through the just that that really hard two years after his passing and um and then Bill France Jr. called me and said okay time to come back it's been five years <laughs> let's get back and and um it was it was a uh, just it was a special time for for us, to, and and really, it just made sense for us to come back. And um, so I came back into the sport and just started slowly kind of working in the sport again. And then went to work for TNT as pit reporter, and then got into radio and writing. And so I've written, gosh, I think twelve, thirteen books now on on the sport. And um, I've stayed in it. I have a trackside hospitality company, so I'm at about half of the, the cup races every season. I host a radio show in Nashville that I've been hosting for 12 years. And um, so I, I have a show car program. And so I'm, I'm knee deep in the sport. And it's um, it's, it's really interesting because people say all the time, why, you know, why, did, why didn't you leave? Instead of, you could have left and not come back. And, you know, it's, it's what we do. It, it's what we do. And I, I wasn't a racer and did not grow up in a racing environment when I met Davey. But you know, once it becomes a part of, of, of our lives, it becomes a part of who we are. Mm-hmm. And it's our, our family and our extended family. And so, I, you know, I say every racetrack is, you know, when I get there, it feels like home. And that's, um, I mean, I'm already I'm, I'm already looking beyond the, the Hall of Fame ceremonies and, and, and knee-deep in Daytona planning. I'm there all week with events every day. So it's um it's it's a great sport to be a part of. And as far as your, the second question about a driver, you know, I, that, that would be really hard for me because Davey was so different in a sense that he was a different driver out of the car than he was in the car. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think personality-wise, if you look at, at who's been around the past handful of years that maybe was as, as has been as well-loved as Davey, I would say probably Dale Jr. in the sense that, that people just you know, for the most part, it's hard to find somebody to say anything bad about Dale Jr. You might not be a Dale Jr. fan, per se, right. but it's, it's really hard to say something bad about Dale Jr. Right. He's just, just a likable guy, and Davey was the same way. So I think personality-wise, um, Davey was a little more, it, it, you know, a little, their personalities were a little different in the sense Davey was probably a little more forthcoming, a little more, um, probably a little more loud, a little more goofy than Dale Jr., <laughs> but, but they were but definitely very well loved. I think as far as the, you know, the hard charge, and I might put Ryan Blaney in that too. Ryan Blaney kind of has that, that same demeanor that people just, just really like Ryan. Yeah. Um, and people just really, 
they didn't like Davy. They loved Davy, and yeah. the the officials loved him. He drove them crazy because he'd go <laughs> and goose everybody, and you know, and drive them crazy all day long. But they just loved him. Um, as far as the driving style. Man, I, I always hesitate to say what I think because I know then, you know, people that are listening are like, what? What do you mean? You know, but it's, you know, Davey was so aggressive, um, but in such a smart way mm-hmm. on the racetrack that he, that he didn't get himself in trouble uh, very often. He was just, um, he was just split that way. So, so I don't know. There, there's, there's parts of Brad Keselowski's style oh, wow. that reminds me of, of Davey a little bit, um, you know, there's 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 elements of some drivers from the past. There were some some elements in the way Tony Stewart drove that yeah. reminded me of Davey. So you know, very aggressive driving style. But but I think it was overlooked because he was such a likable guy. So we we touched early on uh, being a racing wife and stuff. And in my opinion, over the years, wives have been more involved in the sport. I mean, we see Samantha Bush do a lot in the sport for Kyle's charitable organization and stuff. Um, is Do you ever work one-on-one with any racing wives or do you keep in contact with any, uh, like Jimmy Johnson's wife or Kyle's wife or any, really any wife of any racer? Well, first and foremost, I have so much respect for every wife that's out there. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely is. Um, now, I will say they do have it a little sweeter in a sense that they have the motor coaches out right, there. We didn't right. have that. And they do have MRO, and we didn't have that. So I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> but, um, but no, I mean, I, I have so much respect for so many of them. And, and I know many of them... Um, well, you know, am I am I close with any of the current wives as much as I was with the wives of my my generation? No, by by no means. But but I work with many of them, and um, you know, with different events and such, and and have a lot of respect for them. And I think that um, you know that the the role looks really different. You know, Delana Harvick. You know, her her you know kind of role now is you know being a mom and supporting Kevin it was mm-hmm. different when they first when he first started racing and she uh you know was was basically a part of the crew and wore a you know crew uniform and was out on pit road and you know when, when Davey was racing we we had to count the laps you know we had we had laps we had a lap sheet and that's right yeah. and I yeah and we would keep lap times and and that was my job and so I would sit up on the box and I would keep you know, the laps and, and time the lap, every lap, quick, you know, and we'd write it down. <laughs> you think about that now. Wow. Like, Dang. <laughs> I was I was terribly underpaid for that tedious job. Right. <laughs> got got but, blisters um, on your thumbs for that. I know. Isn't that funny? And I still have my scanner and my little my little stopwatch. How hilarious is that? Oh, um but uh, but yeah, that, I mean, so the roles have changed through the years and so um but I but I have a lot of respect for the for the wives that are out there and and living that crazy, that crazy carnival style lifestyle. Because listen, racing is a lifestyle. You 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 have you have to be all in. Mm-hmm. I mean, you live it, and you breathe it, and you sleep it. And it's um, you know, it's not something you just show up for. It's 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 definitely a, a, a way of life. Yeah. All right, Liz. Anything else that you want you want fans to know about Davy Allison before we let you go? You know what? I and, and thank you for for just kind of allowing me to just thank everybody who has not forgotten him it is so um you know every time I start talking about the fans I get so choked up because it's been over 25 years and just I mentioned social media before just the 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 people that are still um, just 
you know, so moved by who he was and people that still support um, and honor him and the, the people that are voted for him for the NASCAR Hall of Fame and the people that are so excited that he's he's truly finally being inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. I just can't, I can't thank everybody enough for that, but, but more importantly and beyond that is the support that Robbie and Chris and I have been given through the years. And it's just, it really is unbelievable. I, um, I, it, there's just really no words for me to be able to, to thank the people and for people to know complete strangers, how much it's meant to us. And, and I'll just tell you guys really quick. So whenever I'm out working at the, at the racetracks and working the trackside hospitality events, I'm on the outside of the racetrack. So I'm, you know, I'm not in the, in the garage area in the infield. I'm on the outside. So there's fans everywhere. And I see people all the time with JBLs and t-shirts on and I will chase them down. I mean, I have scared yeah. people <laughs> there because it's like, Hey, thank you so much. And then it takes them a second. It's like, Oh wait, you're with And it's like, thank you for wearing that shirt, you know? And, um, so it's just been exciting after all these years to um, to go up and completely freak people out and give them a hug and thank <laughs> them for, you know, continuing to to carry um, carry that torch for Davey. So thank you for everybody who's listening that, that's a part of that. We certainly appreciate it. Absolutely. And Connor and I will be uh, br- bringing the show down to the Daytona 500, so we'd love to run into you. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, you, you guys, you know how to get a hold of me. So I'd love to see you guys, too. I'll be there all week, and um, I'll be in the garage area, outside, and different events all around um, Daytona. So I'll be pretty easy to find. That's great. Well, Liz, congratulations to you, the entire Allison family, for Davey's upcoming induction into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. It was so well-deserved. And, and thank you so much for taking the time to call in and talk with us today. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And hopefully I'll see you guys in Daytona. Absolutely. That is Liz Allison, wife of the late Davey Allison. And when we come back, we will have Connor's Conspiracy. We'll wrap up the show. What an episode this has been. Episode 10, Connor. Pretty amazing. Milestone episode with an amazing guest. So, wow. Ten episodes in, we already had Liz Allison on. And my brother. That's right. Did it get any better? Crash. Travel. You're listening to Follow Lead with Timothy Martin and Connor Bunn. Murray, welcome back. And man, Connor, what a great interview that what was a with Liz. That I mean, might that's hands down our our best moment so far of these ten episodes to have someone like Liz Allison come on the show and talk about Davy and his legacy and as me be able to observe and listen from a fan. Right. I, mean, I wasn't around so I mean I didn't, you know, have really much anything to say. I just wanted to listen. You know, and, and she so. and, and you did you didn't know Davy. You didn't know his driving ability yeah. and all that. And uh, but uh, as I said when we were talking with her, I absolutely believe that he was poised to be one of the greatest of all time. For sure. When you look at his stats in that in, in that short period of time and the the chemistry that he had with Robert Yates Racing, Larry McReynolds, Robert Yates, that whole team, you know, I just it's it's just what could have been, you know. Yeah. And as a Davy Allison fan, I still I think about him weekly, and and what could have been when when watching these races. Mm-hmm. And so and you know, Liz shared some things that I didn't know. She talked about you know that she wanted him to after the 1992 season was a tough season. Yeah, and I mean she wanted him to get out of racing. Yeah, was kind of interested uh, when 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 you asked her about who she compares. You know who who today does she think about when? Yeah, I was I was surprised to to hear the Brad Keselowski. I was yeah, I was, that was surprised, but I'm not not surprised to hear Ryan Blaney. No, um, but I also want to mention that that 
you know, we've got some shirts that we're going to be wearing to the Daytona 500. And, and, uh, you know, we got those from the Davy Allison store. You can um, go on there and shop. It's DavyAllisonStore.com. Liz actually runs that. She designs the shirts. She mails the shirts out. Out of her house, yeah. And so, you know, that is very cool. And and she's still, you know, very involved, as she said, in the sport. So Which is great. It is. Hopefully we'll be seeing her down in daytime. Yeah, definitely going to try to connect with uh, with Liz when we get down to uh, Florida in, in a few weeks. Um, but, uh, again, a great, great interview with Liz Allison. Cannot thank her enough for coming on the show. As Davey gets ready to go into the NASCAR Hall of Fame, I am super stoked to watch. This is probably the Hall of Fame. Uh, uh, you know, I was love the one that Dale Jarrett went in because, you know, I've followed Dale for years. Yeah. This is this is another one that's a top one for me that I want to see. Yeah, with, we got with, Gordon and Davey going. Right, in, so. exactly. And um, all right, time to switch gears as we talked about. Connor's conspiracy. Oh. Everybody's favorite time of the week. <laughs> Let's just get this over with. Um, let's get it over with. Let's move on. We got, I know you reminded me we had like, what, four more after this or three? I'm not I'm trying to figure out how to end this. I think the people want it to keep going. I don't believe anybody <laughs> has said anything about that. Conspiracy uh, for week 10, 2001 All-Star Race. Oh, man. Lap one going into going into turn run. Everybody starts junking. It's raining over and Pouring down one. the rain Pouring when the green flag drops. Rain. NASCAR makes the decision, you know. Everybody who was involved in the wreck, they can pull out their backup. What? That's yeah. uh, this is where the right. conspiracy starts. Uh oh. So they pull out their backup. There's like one official around there, and there's ton. There's a gang of yeah. Crew. So it was Michael Waltrip, Michael Waltrip, Jeff Gordon, Jeff Gordon, Jeff Burton, Jeff Burton. Uh, can't I can't remember who else, but it was more. It was like four cars, I think. Yeah. There's a gang of crew members around the backup car under the hood. The Nobody, Gor- uh, which backup? The Gordon one, right? Right. Nobody can see what they're doing. Or anything. Uh, so my conspiracy is Robbie Loomis and the boys put a little something extra <laughs> under that hood for Gordon to come to the back. How to can the you even do that in that amount of time? I mean, you gotta. What do you? What are you putting? At, what are you putting in extra under the hood that you don't have to bring in parts for? Because they, certainly they didn't have that ready in the backup car waiting. You know. They, well, right. But I mean, you got to think. I mean, crew members can change shock springs in three minutes, and that's no easy job. So. How much how much time was given to him? Like 10, 15 minutes? Oh, I think it was more than that. More than that? Yeah, more because it was raining. I mean, it was still rained, you exactly. know, for a while. So, exactly. yeah, they had, so they, they were had under a, the hood. They had like a couple gonna, hours to, to, they, they to get were, that car ready. They were under the hood. And for then, a good then what happened? Time. And then, of course, that leads to what happened in the race. Gordon which winning the race. Dominate. I guess he dominated from the back the and then came in and dominated. With a car with no laps on it. I mean, I think, you know, Robbie Loomis and the boys had a little bit something up their sleeve for that. <laughs> For that night, so that's my conspiracy. I think I think Gordon. I love Gordon to death. I, I know. Are yeah, and you called yourself a Gordon fan. Come on, all right, Mister. I I didn't watch you Elliot's first yourself, win. I didn't never accused Elliot of cheating. I mean, I know I know people who aren't Elliot fans who watched Elliot's win from a jail cell. I had to go and, somewhere. No, you didn't. God. It's called prioritizing your time. <sighs> so that's the conspiracy this week. I think they had a little bit something. Under that car, but don't worry, folks. Conspiracies come to an end here soon. We have a brand new one that's that's more a little more legitimate, wouldn't you say? Eh, a little bit. It's now they yeah. have been getting a little bit more legitimate. Uh, they started out really wild. Oh, I think the Mayfield one was the best one. <laughs> that never made it. It never um, made air. Made Thanks, Jeremy. <laughs> um, they started really wild, and then you've kind of reined them back in, which where they could be possible. So they could, could be, be possible. possible. Could be possible. So, <laughs> Who knows what we'll talk about next week? Yeah, maybe if there's any, you know, Gordon old 
old crew members out there that uh, can can verify the story, please let us know. Hey, you never know. So. Maybe we'll get Robbie Loomis on the show. You can ask him directly. I want you to ask him. I want to see if you got the guts to ask Loomis I'll ask, directly. I, if we get Loomis on the show, I'll ask him what he had up his sleeve in 2001 and that all-star race. <sighs> he can't lie to me. <laughs> I can sense a lie from miles and miles From the and phone. Miles he can away. sense from a lie from the phone. From the phone. So, All right. Crazy. Well, what a huge episode. Episode 10 Milestone. of the Lead. Next week, we're going to be broadcasting live in studio. We're going to see if anybody wants to call and chat NASCAR. Yeah. Uh, just any fans out there as we get ready for the, um, for the start of the 2019 season. So, and that's very exciting. And, uh, you know, we got, we got all kinds of stuff. Schedule is picking up for us. Yeah. Chicago. I got to go to DC. Ski trip, ski trip, ski trip, ski trip, uh, Daytona. So busy, busy time coming up for, for the lead. Yeah. And then we got to start packing our NASCAR shirts. We got to pick the right one. We know we're taking two Davy Allison ones down there. We got to figure out what other shirts we're taking down to Daytona. Yeah. So. Uh, just a reminder, follow us on Twitter at FuddleLead. Follow us on Instagram at FuddleLead and email us. Got questions, comments, FuddleLead at gmail.com. And that is going to do it. And if you want to be the social security number, it's <laughs> 647. Uh, all right, that's going to do it, folks. Crash! Trouble!